A warm welcome to everyone. This is Bernard Zimmermann. And Philip Butter. Welcome to our new podcast series, Virtual Leadership Development, How to Master the New Normal. And a warm welcome from my side as well. In this series, we will cover a range of topics that all have an influence or impact on leadership development and all its applications in a virtual context. In today's episode, our seventh, the task level challenges, multitasking and fear of technology. In our conversation today, we are talking about the challenges that hamper the virtual process on the task dimension. Now, Philip, why do we believe that this is that important? Bernard, as we discussed a couple of times before, personal leadership development is essentially about developing your awareness. And in today's topic, we are deepening the focus on the things that get in our way and also the behavior that limits us from having the outcomes we would really like to achieve in this virtual development process. When talking about the challenges on the task dimension, we will focus on three topics, multitasking, the fear of technology and tech disruption. And today we will focus on the first two and in our next episode on tech disruption. But Bernard, we already spoke about multitasking. Why are we talking about this twice? Well, there's a difference. Last time we spoke about multitasking, that was more what's going on in our mind, you know, just the multitasking of our brain. What we want to do today on the task dimension, look into multitasking, that's actually our behavior. What are we okay. doing? Not what we are thinking about, but what are we doing that distracts us from a full immersion in collaboration when we are online? So why is it important to differentiate? Well, the one thing is that I can notice that immediately because of behavior I'm doing, or maybe others are noticing, depending on what technology mm -hmm. you use. And the other thing is, is more subtle that runs through our mind. And if we're not paying attention, what runs through our mind, then we're just distracted without actually noticing that there's a big distraction in our brain. Okay. So tell us more about multitasking. So the multitasking is things you, you can easily identify. Uh, mm -hmm. And we all have experienced it. At least I've experienced that, that depending on the attention I paid to the speaker or to the subject that was covered in the session I was participating. Now okay. there's, a pressure on the number of emails you have and you think maybe have a peek view into the emails all of a sudden you're in the emails and running on emails and all of a sudden you hear your name being called you, you mm -hmm. kind of <laughs> rushed out and trying to scramble back into a discussion obviously everybody noticed that you haven't been there because you've been totally away or even some people leave the microphone open and then you hear the clicking on on the keyboard well a lot of people that would listen to this would simply say, what's wrong with that? Well, what's wrong with that is that when you look into the, all the research done is we cannot multitask. If you really want to learn and immerse yourself in a subject, you have to have a single focus on that subject. Mm -hmm. As soon as you start with a distraction and put your mind somewhere else, you lose the connection to your learning process. What I hear you saying is that if we multitask, we get sidetracked, and then we blame the facilitator or whatever 
because we didn't achieve the outcomes we wanted in the workshop. Exactly. Yes, there's an element from the facilitator, but I think it's our personal commitment, our intention, what mm -hmm. we said before, that draws us either into the focus of what's going on or pulls us away into another area. But it's mm -hmm. also mobile. No, mobile phone, people are, some are actually addicted to it. And the extra element that's especially now what we've experienced when people are forced to be in a home office, obviously that there are other people around. That could be a distraction. It's the kids, maybe the husband is in the home office as well for specific reasons. Or it, I've seen it in a recent workshop where actually the facilitator herself had a new pet there and she was so absorbed by the noise that the small puppy was making in the background. She said, sorry guys, I just need to look for the puppy for a moment. I said, what's going on? What is she trying to do? And you could clearly see that in the flow of the discussion that she was not fully present. Bernard, again, uh, many people will say, well, what's wrong with that? The cat is cute or the baby is cute. Well, the problem starts with your commitment. What is your intention you coming in? We talked about in an early episode, you know, that our own being, how are we showing up with our mind and are we willing to engage, to learn and be part of the discussion, to collaborate on questions we have in front okay. of us? Or are we committed to the pet? But then we need to be clear. You know, I think it's our own responsibility to be very clear where is our focus and what are we committing to and not trying to balance too many things at the same time. Because that's neither the pet or the kid or the people in the workshop getting sufficient attention to create the benefit and the value I was expecting. And in the worst case, you alluded to that before, is that some people start blaming the facilitator. Well, what I hear you then say effectively is that it's everyone's own responsibility to control the circumstances that they have that might influence the experience for everyone else. Yes, absolutely. And I think everybody has to have that in mind. It's not just me who is distracted and is not getting the best of the learning, but by my multitasking, I'm actually impacting on the learning process of the other people because I'm disrupting the flow when I'm called back in and I'm trying to catch up and say, sorry, I didn't hear the question. That's a classic. Mm -hmm. A key element I think we will cover later, we come back over and over again to that, is one element you have to keep in mind is the rules of engagement. Are you committed to the rules of engagement? You yes. agree at the start of the session. And that's where it all hinges on to keep me in the focus of myself where the things are happening. You know, when you were talking about this, I mean, for me, this is vital. As during the crisis, we all saw on YouTube and through various emails, funny things that happened during webcasts. You know, there are a few of the guy not wearing pants, etc., etc. I don't want to go into that. But the fact that that landed on the internet simply said to me, there were no rules of engagement. Absolutely. That's why I came back to it and I, I want to just look forward into the future episodes where we will spend time on that. 
Now let me go back into the challenges because we covered the key elements of multitasking. I'd also mm -hmm. want to take some time and look into the subject you said before, fear of technology. Okay. Now, for some people that sounds strange, fear of technology. I've experienced it a number of times that the people struggle to actually admit that they feel anxious about technology, mm -hmm. the use of it. And then when I have conversation, you know, in a more relaxed environment, then things come up that are known even from our face-to-face -face meetings. When you remember, you go into a room and you may be only a participant of a meeting, but the yeah. leader of the meeting is still struggling to either get the video conferencing system up and running <laughs> or get the projector running. So that's here as well. Where is it coming from when you dive into that and explore what the drivers are of this fear of technology? The most common one is the lack of understanding of the tool of the technology itself. Okay. People have not spent sufficient time to get familiar with the functionalities and with the options they have, and occasionally are surprised if things pop up they haven't seen before. So here's a question. If you are afraid of the technology, is that not actually going to stop you from practicing or getting to know the technology before you take part? Well, it's a bit of chicken and egg. You could say, doesn't that stop you practicing? I think you should overcome the fear and limit the expression of the fear by stepping into it early on and test it and play around with it and just be at ease what, what happens in the technology, but be really familiar with what's happening because then it lowers the fear level automatically. The second most common aspect I find in these conversations is a lack of understanding of the process mm -hmm. that is being used in conjunction of the technology for collaboration. And that's quite interesting that in some cases you could clearly point to the facilitator have not taken enough time in the preparation of the participants mm -hmm. to explain what the process will be in that technology option. But at the same time, for me, it's always a two-sided partner. Me, as a participant, I have a responsibility, at least that's yes. my, my view of the world, to look into what is the process? How does that work? And if I'm in the dark with the process, like flying blind, that doesn't help me to be at ease and open up. It just keeps me at a relatively nervous state of mind that pushes me back from engaging fully. Some people don't realize what's happening there, but I think it's important to pay attention how much you understand the underlying process. So what I get from what you've just been speaking about, Bernard, is that a lot of the things that happen on the task level, a lot of the things that happen in my behavior is still dependent on what happens within myself. Absolutely. My intentions, my attitude, etc. Absolutely. Thank you for highlighting that, Philip. That's why it hangs together when we said, no, it's about ourselves, it's about relationship and the task dimension. Clearly, if we are not in the right frame of mind, we will fight with the challenges at the task level. Now, we have to be at ease to overcome the fears. Now, let me also come to the third element, so I'm not forgetting that. People will probably see that for themselves anyway, is the lack of practice. The lack of practice with the technology. And I can give you an example 
of my own experience. It wasn't mm -hmm. so much fear that was, was there, but the lack of practice. I've been working with a client and offered them an interactive web workshop and almost the last minute, actually it was three hours before the first session, they've been told that they couldn't use the platform we were planning to use and said, <laughs> can you please go for another platform? And I said, yeah, of course, I had access to another platform, which I had worked uh, with before for many years, but stopped using it two years ago. Okay. I had no practice on that. You know, my level of anxiety just rose up by a number of steps because I knew I hadn't practiced it. So being familiar, practice with the technology option that will be used just brings down the level of anxiety in ourselves when we engage. Dana, this is a really interesting example. What that brings up to me is that we really need to be aware of approaching this on two levels. And obviously we'll talk about that when we come to the part in our series where we talk about how we address these challenges. Yes. But simply from your example is you have to deal with the anxiety that's on the personal level but mm -hmm. you also have to deal with the impact of that anxiety there is no practice yes absolutely in future episodes we will be talking in detail about overcoming challenges like fear of tech but now before we close i'd like to give you a question to reflect on for our next episode when you run or are doing an online coaching or training session, what is the impact on you when there is a failure or disruption in technology? Just reflect on that. That's it from me. Thank you very much. And from my side as well, thank you. But finally, before we go, if you would like to connect with us or share your insights and feedback, please feel welcome to do so, either on LinkedIn connecting to me, Bernard Zimmerman, at a contact, that is C-O-N hyphen T-A-C-T, or with Philip, Philip Bota. We're both based in Germany. You can also connect via email at philip at bota.net or bernard.zimmerman at contact international, that's spelled C-O-N hyphen T-A-C-T hyphen international.com. We look forward to connecting in our next episode.